0: Today we'll be talking about my hip-hop life, and the song I chose is Beautiful by Eminem. So I chose this song for a couple different reasons, and I'll explain them to you as we go through the song together. So in this first line we hear, lately I've been hard to reach, and I relate to this line because whenever I'm going through like a tough time or having some anxiety about a specific problem or a specific person, I tend to push people away, and this also happens when I meet new people. Um, I get scared of what they think of me, so I tend to push them away before I get the chance to know them or before they get the chance to know me, and going back to whenever I'm going through something, I also tend to either delete my social media or I turn off my phone completely for however long I feel comfortable to just process what's going on moving on to the second line of the song that I feel relates to me so in the second line he's saying you'd have to walk a thousand miles in my shoes and I can relate to this well I feel like everyone can relate to this because everyone experiences things differently and no one else can go into your mind and see things as you see things because you're the only one with your mind. So I relate very strongly to that. And I also believe that because we all go through things uniquely, whether it be like you have um, Alzheimer's or depression or anxiety, you can't judge anyone else because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know if he's acting out in school because he has Tourette's and he can't help it. Um, so I just strongly believe in you need to be nice to everyone or at least try to unless they go out of their way to not be nice to you but yes you will never walk in his shoes. I know I went on a tangent in explanation of line two but now we're moving on to line three. in the third line he says but don't let him say you ain't beautiful so to this i say i struggled with people's opinions of me started to become my reality and it wasn't even important people it would be a random person that i met and i will never see again and what they thought of me mattered more than anything more than it should so if they thought i was short or fat or skinny or loud i would try to adjust myself accordingly now i am um happy to say i don't do that anymore now it's just the people that I surround myself with, their opinion matters. So if they notice that I'm diverting off of like leading down a different path, not being who I am, changing myself for someone who doesn't matter, whether it be someone I'm talking to or an outside influence, they let me know. And I know to stop what I'm doing immediately And reevaluate the situation. So, yeah, this line really hits hard because of past experiences that I know we can all relate to in some shape, way, or form. And we're leading to our conclusion here. So, I'm going to end today's podcast with a message. And you can take this message however you want to, however you're comfortable with. You don't have to listen to me.
1: This is just an assignment
0: (laughs) that we all have to do. So my message is be yourself. No matter if a hundred people don't like who you are, you can be loud, you can be obnoxious, you can be whoever you want to be. Just do it, okay? Don't focus on other people's opinion. Just be yourself and be happy being yourself. Don't let their opinions drag your self-image image down. Don't feel bad for being yourself. Boom, that's my message. Don't feel bad for being yourself. I'm sorry. I got way too excited about that last part. But yeah, um, I hoped, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to my podcast or if it was a drag or whatever. (laughs) I just hope I get a good grade and I did it correctly because I don't know if I did it correctly, but we'll see. So goodbye. Hello, my name is Melka, and in today's episode, we will be talking about the birth of hip-hop. So some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are related to the birth of Um, hip-hop. We'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So I have two guests today. Would you ladies like to introduce yourselves?
1: Okay, I'm Tanasia, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: My name is Bruna, and
3: I will also be speaking on topics
2: and asking <laughs> questions.
0: Okay, good. So now that we're all introduced, let's go ahead and start today's episode. Um, so we're going to be going back to the mid to late 1970s. And the economic paralysis that was affecting New York City, but specifically the, pro- the Bronx and the Black and Latino uh, neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected. Do you guys know about that?
1: No, not much. Okay, well, Tanisha, what do you think you know? Well, as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses, like you mentioned briefly, but you can elaborate on that. Yeah, so the first let's focus on the
0: upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so, and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um, apartment buildings. And that was all they had. They couldn't leave, even if they wanted to, which most of them, obviously, you would want to leave that situation if you were in it. But if you don't have the money to do so, you have to stay. So what would happen uh, was the landlords would burn the buildings down, sometimes even with people in them. Oh, wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh. Pardon my language. (laughs) That was super super, messed up. Yes, messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, Oh, here you're the only place you know and probably grew up in, it's gone now, you're homeless, and here's some money. It was not like that. You were on your own, you were out on the streets, um, the landlords didn't care, they would just take the money in the house um and that's when we becomes a very uh, sad place it was just not good it wasn't a good time to be there so that's when we start seeing some gangs form to do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this
4: for a sense of unity
0: yeah yeah absolutely so yeah, you're right, Tanisha. It was a lot, like, unity, a uh, family, a sense of family. Um, having someone to have your back was, like, a security blanket, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, um, games would form at a time like this. Bruna?
5: Maybe, like, someone, like, how do I really Like, they needed, like, people to, like, they needed to, like,
1: be around, like, people that, like, Oh my God! Hold up, understood because I got a stuttering problem, huh? <laughs> Would you say Tynasia? Maybe be around people that understood them.
6: Yeah, like for yeah. comfort, like yeah. they have someone to like rely on, kind of.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's absolutely what it was. So maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone like they had a job, like maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at. Uh, would open a lot of doors for you, a lot of opportunities, and it would give you a little bit of hope. So this ties into, there was a, also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence with, like within the gangs. Um, there was a lot of uh, street fights, a lot of people getting hurt. Even to be initiated into these gangs, you'd have to get jumped. You know why you would get jumped in your initiation to a game? You want to guess? Is it to like show your loyalty? Mm, Close. It was to show that you can handle it.
7: Oh.
0: Is yeah, is what it was. They wanted to know that you can get back up, that you can like a little bit of a scuff, a bruise, a cut, that it wouldn't slow you down. You know? Yeah. Oh. So, a lot of people needed an outlet, a non-violent like violent outlet, to express what they were going through, to express what was going on in those neighborhoods. And this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers. Um, have either of you heard of The Message?
8: No. Nope.
0: So, The Message... One of the first hits in socially conscious rap was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five's The Message. And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through, that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip-hop, they wrote what they knew about, which was the poverty and the violence going on in these neighborhoods, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, so we, you started the timeline in the 70s, so is this still the 70s or is this now like the early 80s when like... Culture... This is the early 80s. Okay. Yeah, this song was released in 1982.
0: And it's, it's great because this ties into the birth of hip-hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem. The people outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know? Like, something could happen in another country and just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem yeah so that's what this song kind of kick-started um the widespread uh hip-hop scene you know yeah so now we're going to be that's how gangs in poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip-hop so now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers Taneja why don't
1: you tell us about some people that you know um that remind you of hip-hop so to me when I hear like the word hip-hop the creators not even the creators but some of like the major people that still influence people today would you know include Biggie Smalls Tupac and you can see like Mm -hmm. their like rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day
0: oh yeah for sure um it's a a question, Noka. If you don't know, it's completely fine. That's why we're doing this. I don't know, but no, it's good that you don't know because by the end of this, you will take something away. You know, you will learn something new. That's so completely fine. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Tanesha mentioned a couple people: Biggie Smalls. Um, Tupac, Who were the other pieces? Tupac? Earlier Tupac said that. and yeah, 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 and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today. So now we're gonna be talking about the three main pioneers that I feel were like the the actual pioneers. I don't know how to say it. So, um. Hip hop is believed to date back to August, specifically August 11th, 1973, where DJ Kool and his friend hosted a back to school party or in other sources like I said, um other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx. So his uh the the breaks or they're also called breaks they're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. You're learning something new. Um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during, like, isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild. So he invented this technique, and it's kind of what we recognize. It's still in a lot of hip-hop, modern hip-hop songs, and it's definitely a, a very good technique. so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he nice. invented the queuing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it you now? know
1: yeah so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything before mm-hmm.
0: okay Mm -hmm, through a headset and he was he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: It, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah, yeah. So that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea.
0: Well, he was he was already very known, but nobody wanted to listen to his idea. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know what? I don't need any of you. I'll do this myself. Um. And the last person which I want to talk about in this episode is um, Grand Wizard Theodore. Which, by the way, that's a that's a great name. You know, right. <laughs> Um he was very young when he invented this system and it was actually his older brother that was um helping another DJ so they had a like a not a studio but like a little setup in their apartment and every time their uh the brother would go out it, he would tell his younger brother like don't touch my stuff you know you might break something and in secret Theodore would actually you know do and be really good at it you know okay until one day he was very loud this is exactly how it started by the way one day he was really loud and his mother told him to you know keep it down he said yeah yeah, yeah sure he continued because he was you know when you're feeling it you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being yeah mm-hmm. so he went again and he started to get a little louder his mother garged in and yelled at him and he got so scared that his hand went on the record and it made a scratching sound and he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had you know like oh if uh he mixed something really well Mm -hmm. and then he realized the scratching sound and he liked it so um at another party in the Bronx later he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know?
9: Yeah. I feel like it's good, because then everyone could be included.
0: So... The next point, and the birth of of hip-hop, are some of the influences, so a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures, and how that influenced hip-hop, so... Of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community, and those are both very rich cultures, independently. So, the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques, and then the Black community also had their own style and techniques. So they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and Latino, but in the Bronx, those were the two predominant um, cultures. So that's why I will be solely referencing the black and Latino um, communities. Um, so dun, 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 dun. yeah, so in an article that I read, which is from Oxford, Assc.com police center um they had an article and it was about hip-hop so they mentioned other diaspora some different techniques to make a whole new genre so this was an inclusive genre this didn't single out anyone everyone was included everyone had their own spin on it and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear you know
1: yeah so at this time um, what year are you in
0: this time it's very early on so i'm assuming mid to late mostly late 70s early 80s i want to say
10: so we didn't move the title really really mm-hmm.
0: No, this is all the birth of hip-hop, so we're going to stay in relatively oh. the beginning. Oh,
1: okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other, like, MCs or any other, like, artists who came out, like, after, like, kind of in this era, too, had been influenced by the three that you've named so far?
0: Well, I the reason I mentioned Grand Wizard Theodore was because he was so young and he was like his brother and him were like they held grandmaster flash and cool herc at like they were their heroes you know they held them at such a high esteem and to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why i included him in the pioneers list because he did contribute to it in a big way I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And so a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah, And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was like opening eyes, opening doors, like including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion. Okay. We, we already discussed the points of hip hop and i feel like the message i want to like leave off with a message i think i mentioned it before but i just love learning like all of us will take away something from this podcast even if like bruna you may not have known a lot about hip-hop Tunisia, you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic um I feel like we went over that in this podcast it's very inclusive no one's left out everyone is welcome and I love that
8: definitely yep
0: I agree So can you guys tell me, like, um, one thing you learned from this podcast?
1: Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash, because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name, the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics, so I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyright. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, Love? Um, Can I say what I thought was
8: the most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the buildings. Yeah, that was.
0: Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away. But for you pop, can just. You, but, but you were you made you brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes, like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. Right. Yeah. So. I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast and I we had very good like discussions. Um I know I know like um it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank you for having us. We enjoyed yes, talking. Yeah, um hopefully we can do this again, you know, when we are fully prepped, definitely, we should yeah. Definitely prepare better next time, but you know, well, cheers, ladies. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye.
11: You.
0: Hello, my name is Noka, and in today's episode, we will be talking about the birth of hip hop. So, some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are. Related to the birth of um, hip-hop, we'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So I have two guests today. Would you ladies like to introduce yourselves?
1: Okay, I'm Taneja, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: My name is Bruna, and
3: I will also be speaking on topics
2: and asking (laughs) questions okay good
0: so now that we're all introduced let's go ahead and start today's episode um so we're gonna be going back to the mid to late 1970s and the economic paralysis that was affecting New York City but specifically the the Bronx and the black and Latino uh Neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected. Do you guys know about that?
1: No, not
0: much. Okay,
1: well, Tunisia, what do you think you know? Well, as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses, like you've mentioned briefly, but you can elaborate on that. Yeah, so the
0: first let's focus on the upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um apartment buildings and that was all they had they couldn't leave even if they wanted to which most of them obviously you would want to leave that situation if you were in it but if you don't have the money to do so you have to stay so what would happen uh was the landlords would burn the buildings down sometimes even with people in them. And Oh wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh, pardon my language. <laughs> that was super, super messed up. Yeah, super messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, oh, here you're the only place you know and probably grew up in, it's gone now, you're homeless, and here's some money. It was not like that. You were on your own, you were out on the streets, um, the landlords didn't care. They would just take the money in the house. Um, and that's when we see it becomes a very uh, sad place it was just not good it wasn't a good time to be there so that's when we start seeing some gangs form to do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this
4: for a sense of
0: unity yeah yeah absolutely so yeah you're right Tanisha. it was a lot like unity a family, a sense of family, um, having someone to have your back was like a security blanket, you know? Yes. So, yeah. So, um, games would form at a time like this. Brenna?
5: Maybe, like, like someone, like,
0: how do I really Like, they needed, like,
5: people to, like, they needed to, like, be around, like, people that, like, oh, my God, hold up. Understood.
1: Because I got a stuttering problem, huh? <laughs> What'd you say, Tunisia? Maybe be around people that understood them. Yeah, like for yeah. comfort.
6: Like yeah. they have someone to like rely on, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely what it
0: was. So maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone like they had a job, like maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at. Uh it would open a lot of doors for you, a lot of opportunities, and it would give you a little bit of hope so this ties into there was also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence with like within the gangs um there was a lot of uh, street fights a lot of people getting hurt even to be initiated into these gangs you'd have to get jumped do you know why you would get jumped in your initiation to a gang? you want to guess is it just like show your loyalty close it was to show that you can handle it
7: oh
0: is yeah is what it was they wanted to know that you can get back up that you can like a little bit of a scuff a bruise a cut that it wouldn't slow you down you know yeah oh so a lot of people needed an outlet a non like violent outlet To express what they were going through to express what was going on in those neighborhoods and this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers um have either of you heard of the message no nope so the message one of the first hits in socially conscious rap was grandmaster flash and the furious fives the message And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip hop, they Wrote what they knew about, which was the poverty and the violence going on in these neighborhoods,
1: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, so we you started the timeline in the '70s. So is this still the '70s, or is this now like the early '80s when like? Culture... This is the early '80s. Okay.
3: Yeah, this, this
0: song was released in 1982, and it's. It's great because this ties into the birth of hip-hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem. People outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know? Like, something could happen in another country and just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what this song kind of kick-started um the widespread uh hip hop scene you know yeah so now we're going to be that's how gangs in poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip hop so now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers Tanisha why don't you tell us about some people that you know
1: okay. um that remind you of hip hop So, to me, when I hear, like, the word hip-hop, the creators, not even the creators, but some of, like, the major people that still influence people today would, you know, include Biggie Smalls, Tupac, and you can see, like, Mm -hmm. their, like, rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, That's a good question, Noka
0: if you don't know it's completely fine that's why we're doing this I don't know but no it's good that you don't know because by the end of this you will take something away you know you will learn something new that's so completely fine <laughs> thank you so um, Tanisha mentioned a couple people Biggie Smalls um, who were the other people Tupac, earlier Tupac said that. and yeah yeah yeah. and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today so now we're going to be talking about the three main pioneers that i feel were like the the actual pioneers i don't know how to say it so um Hip-hop is believed to date back to August, specifically August 11th, 1973, where DJ Kool Herc and his friend hosted a back-to-school party, or in other sources, like I said, um, other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx. So, his, uh, the, the breaks, or they're also called breaks they're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. never. Yeah, okay, so this is great. you're learning something new. <laughs> um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during, like, isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild. So he invented this technique, and it's kind of what we recognize. It's still in a lot of hip-hop, modern hip-hop songs, and it's definitely a, a very good technique. so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he invented the cueing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it you know
1: yeah so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything
0: Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm, through a headset and he was he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: It, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah yeah so that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea
0: well he was he was already very known but nobody wanted to listen to his idea yeah yeah and he was like you know what i don't need any of you i'll do this myself um and the last person which i want to talk about in this episode is um grand wizard theodore which by the way that's a that's a great name you know right (laughs) Um, he was very young when he invented this system. And it was actually his older brother that was um, helping another DJ. So they had, a, like, a not a studio, but, like, a little setup in their apartment. And every time their, uh, the brother would go out, it, he would tell his younger brother, like, don't touch my stuff. You know, you might break something. And in secret, Theodore would actually, you know do and be really good at it you know okay until one day he was very loud this is exactly how it started by the way one day he was really loud and his mother told him to you know keep it down he said yeah yeah yeah, sure he continued because he was you know when you're feeling it you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being yeah Mm -hmm. so he went again and he started to get a little louder his mother barged in and yelled at him and he got so scared that his hand went on the record and it made a scratching sound and he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had you know like oh if uh he mixed something really well Mm -hmm. and then he realized the scratching sound and he liked it so um at another party in the Bronx later he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know?
9: Yeah. I feel like it's good, because then everyone could be included.
0: So, the next point, and the birth of hip-hop, are some of the influences, so a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures, and how that influenced hip-hop, so... so. Of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community. And those are both very rich cultures independently. So the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques. And then the Black community also had their own style and techniques so they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and latino but in the bronx those were the two predominant um cultures so that's why i will be solely referencing the black and latino um communities um so yeah so in an article that i read which is from oxford Assc.com police center um they had an article and it was about hip-hop so they mentioned other diaspora some different techniques to make a whole new genre so this was an inclusive genre this didn't single out anyone everyone was included everyone had their own spin on it and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear you know
1: yeah so at this time Um, what year are you in
0: this time it's very early on so i'm assuming mid to late mostly late 70s early 80s i want to say
10: so we didn't move the time really
0: No, this is all the birth of hip-hop, so we're
1: going to stay in relatively oh. the beginning. Oh,
10: okay. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other, like, MCs or any other, like, artists who came out, like, after, like, kind of in this era, too, had been influenced by the three that you've named so far?
0: Well, I, the reason I mentioned Grand Wizard Theodore was because he was so young, and he was, like, his brother and him were, like, they held Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc at, like, they were their heroes, you You know? know? They held them at such a high esteem, and to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why I included him in the Pioneers list, because he did contribute to it in a big way. I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And so a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was, like, opening eyes, opening doors, like, including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion, okay? We, we already discussed the points of hip-hop. And I feel like the message, I want to like leave off with a message. I think I mentioned it before, but I just love learning. Like all of us will take away something from this podcast. Even if like, Bruna, you may not have known a lot about hip hop. Tunisia, you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic um I feel like we went over that in this podcast it's very inclusive no one's left out everyone is welcome and I love that definitely yep I agree So can you guys tell me, like,
1: um, one thing you learned from this podcast? Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash. Because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name, the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics, so I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyrights. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, Love? Um, Can I say so... what I thought was
8: the most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the
0: buildings. Yeah, for that the money. was. Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away.
1: But for you pop, can just you, but, but
0: you were you made you brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes, like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. Right? Yeah. So, I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast and I we had very good like discussions. Um I know I know like um it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank
4: you for having us. We enjoyed yeah, talking.
0: You. Yeah, um hopefully we can do this again, you know, when we are fully prepped. Definitely, we yeah. definitely prepare better next time. But, you know. Well, cheers, ladies. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hello. My name is Noka. And in today's episode, we will be talking about the birth of hip-hop. So some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are Related to the birth of hip-hop, um, we're, we'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So, I have two guests today. Would you ladies like to introduce yourselves?
1: Okay, I'm Tanasia, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: My name is Bruna, and
3: I will also be speaking on topics
2: and asking <laughs> questions
0: okay good so now that we're all introduced let's go ahead and start today's episode um so we're going to be going back to the mid to late 1970s and the economic paralysis that was affecting New York City but specifically the, Pro- the Bronx and the black and Latino uh neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected do you guys know about that no
1: not much okay well Tunisia, what do you think you know well as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses like you mentioned briefly but you can elaborate on that
0: yeah so the first, let's focus on the upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so, and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um apartment buildings and that was all they had. they couldn't leave even if they wanted to, which most of them obviously you would want to leave that situation if you were in it, but if you don't have the money to do so it you have to stay so what would happen uh was the landlords would burn the buildings down, sometimes even with people in them. And oh wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh pardon my language. <laughs> that was super, super messed up. Yeah, super messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, Oh, here you're the only place you know and probably grew up in it's gone now you're homeless and here's some money it was not like that you were on your own you were out on the streets um the landlords didn't care they would just take the money in the house um and that's when we it becomes a very uh, sad place it was just not good it wasn't a good time to be there so That's when we start seeing some gangs form. To do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this for
4: a sense of unity?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right, Tanesia. It was a lot like unity, a family, a sense of family. Um, having someone to have your back was like a security blanket, you know? Yeah, so. Um, games would form at a time like this Bruna
5: maybe like someone like how do I really like they needed like people to like they need like, to, like, to like be around like people
1: that like oh my god well, understood. understood them because I got a stuttering problem huh <laughs> what'd you say Tanesia? maybe be around people that understood them
6: yeah like for yeah. comfort like yeah, they have someone to like rely on kind of
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely what it was. So maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone, like, they had a job, like, maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at. Uh, it would open a lot of doors for you, a lot of opportunities. And it would give you a little bit of hope. So this ties into there was a, also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence with, like within the gangs um there was a lot of uh, street fights a lot of people getting hurt even to be initiated into these gangs you'd have to get jumped do you know why you would get jumped in your initiation why? to a gang you want to guess is it to like show your loyalty close it was to show that you can handle it
7: oh
0: is yeah is what it was they wanted to know that you can get back up that you can like a little bit of a scuff a bruise a cut that it wouldn't slow you down you know yeah oh so a lot of people needed an outlet a non like violent outlet To express what they were going through, to express what was going on in those neighborhoods. And this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers. Um, Have either of you heard of The Message? No. Nope. So, The Message. One of the first hits in socially conscious rap was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5's The Message. And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip hop, they wrote what they knew about which was the poverty and the violence going on in these neighborhoods
1: right yeah mm-hmm. i have a question go ahead okay so we you started the timeline in the 70s so is this still the 70s or is this now like the early 80s when like quote... this is the early 80s
0: okay yeah this, this song was released in 1982 and it's it's great because this ties into the birth of hip hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem that people outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know, like something could happen in another country. And just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what this song kind of kick started. The widespread uh, hip hop scene, you know?
12: Yeah.
0: So now we're going to be, that's how Gains in Poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip hop. So now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers. Tanisha, why don't you tell us
1: about some people that you know um, that remind you of hip hop? So to me, when I hear, like, the word hip-hop, the creators, not even the creators, but some of, like, the major people that still influence people today would, you know, include Biggie Smalls, Tupac, and you can see, like, Mm -hmm. their, like, rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. Um, That's a good question, Noka. If you don't know, it's completely fine. That's why we're doing this. I don't know. But no, it's good that you don't know because by the end of this, you will take something away. You know, you will learn something new. That's so completely fine.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
0: So, um, Tanisha mentioned a couple people, Biggie Smalls, um, who were the other people? Tupac. Tupac said and... yeah yeah yeah. and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today so now we're going to be talking about the three main pioneers that i feel were like the the actual pioneers i don't know how to say it so um Hip-hop is believed to date back to August, specifically August 11th, 1973, where DJ Kool Herc and his friend hosted a back-to-school party, or in other sources, like I said, um, other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx. So, his, uh, the, the breaks, or they're also called breaks they're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. They're... Yeah. Okay. So this is great. You're learning something new. <laughs> um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during like isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild. So he invented this technique and it's kind of what we recognize. It's still in a lot of hip hop, modern hip hop songs, and it's definitely a, a very good technique. so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he invented the queuing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it you know
1: yeah so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything before
0: mm-hmm. okay Mm -hmm, through a headset and he was he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: It, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah yeah so that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea
0: well he was he was already very known but nobody wanted to listen to his idea yeah yeah and he was like you know what i don't need any of you i'll do this myself um and the last person which i want to talk about in this episode is um grand wizard theodore which by the way that's a that's a great name you know right (laughs) Um, he was very young when he invented this system. And it was actually his older brother that was um, helping another DJ. So they had a, like a, not a studio, but like a little setup in their apartment. And every time their, uh, the brother would go out, it, he would tell his younger brother, like, don't touch my stuff. You know, you might break something. And in secret, Theodore would actually, you know. To and be really good at it, you know. Okay. Until one day he was very loud. This is exactly how it started, by the way. One day he was really loud and his mother told him to, you know, keep it down. He said, Yeah, 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 sure. He continued because he was, you know, when you're feeling it, you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he went again and he started to get a little louder. His mother charged in and yelled at him and he got so scared that his hand went on the record and it made a scratching sound and he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had you know like oh if uh he mixed something really well Mm -hmm. and then he realized the scratching sound and he liked it so um at another party in the Bronx later he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know?
9: Yeah. I feel like it's good, because then everyone could be included.
0: So... The next point, and and the birth of hip-hop, are some of the influences, so a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures, and how that influenced hip-hop, so... Of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community, and those are both very rich cultures independently. So, the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques, and then the Black community also had their own style and techniques so they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and latino but in the bronx those were the two predominant um cultures so that's why i will be solely referencing the black and latino um communities um so yeah so in an article that i read which is from oxford Assc.com police center um they had an article and it was about hip-hop so they mentioned other diaspora some different techniques to make a whole new genre so this was an inclusive genre this didn't single out anyone everyone was included everyone had their own spin on it and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear you know
1: yeah so at this time um, what year are you in
0: this time it's very early on so i'm assuming mid to late mostly late 70s early 80s i want to say okay. so
10: we didn't move the time really
0: mm-hmm. No, this is all the birth of hip hop, so we're gonna stay in relatively oh. the beginning. Oh,
1: okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other like MCs or any other like artists who came out like after like kind of in this era too, had been influenced by the three that you've named so far?
0: Well, I the reason I mentioned Grand Wizard Theodore was because he was so young and he was like his brother and him were like they held Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc at like they were their heroes you know they held them at such a high esteem and to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why I included him in the pioneers list because he did contribute to it in a big way I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And so a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was like opening eyes, opening doors, like including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion, okay? We, we already discussed the points of hip hop. And I feel like the message, I want to, like, leave off with a message. I think I mentioned it before, but I just love learning. Like, all of us will take away something from this podcast, even if, like, Bruna, you may not have known a lot about hip hop. Tunisia, you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic um I feel like we went over that in this podcast it's very inclusive no one's left out everyone is welcome and I love that definitely yep I agree So can you guys tell me, like, um, one thing you learned from this podcast?
1: Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash, because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name, the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics, so I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyright. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, love? Um, Can I say so... what I thought was
8: the most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the buildings. Yeah, for the that
0: money. was. Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away. But for you pop, can just. You, but, but you were you made you brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes, like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. Right. Yeah. So. I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast and I we had very good like discussions. Um I know I know like um it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank you for having us.
13: We enjoyed yeah, talking. You.
0: Yeah, um hopefully we can do this again, you know, when we are fully prepped definitely yeah definitely prepare better next time but you know cheers ladies bye Bye. Bye. (laughs) hello my name is Noka and in today's episode we will be talking about the birth of hip-hop so some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are Related to the birth of um, hip-hop, we'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So I have two guests today. Would you ladies like to introduce yourselves?
1: Okay, I'm Tanasia, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: (laughs) My name is Bruna, and I will also be
1: speaking on topics
2: and asking (laughs) questions. Okay. Good. So,
0: now that we're all introduced, let's go ahead and start today's episode. Um, so we're going to be going back to the mid to late 1970s and the economic paralysis that was affecting New York City, but specifically the Pro- the Bronx and the black and latino uh Neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected. Do you guys know
1: about that? No, not much. Okay, well, Tunisia, what do you think you know? Well, as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses, like you mentioned briefly, but you can elaborate on that. Yeah, so... The
0: first let's focus on the upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um, apartment buildings and that was all they had they couldn't leave even if they wanted to which most of them obviously you would want to leave that situation if you were in it but if you don't have the money to do so you have to stay. So what would happen uh was the landlords would burn the buildings down sometimes even with people in them. And Oh wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh. Pardon my language. <laughs> that was super, super messed up. Yeah, super messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, oh, here you're the only place you know and probably grew up in, it's gone now, you're homeless, and here's some money. It was not like that. You were on your own, you were out on the streets, um, the landlords didn't care. They would just take the money in the house. Um, and that's when we see- becomes a very <sighs> sad place it was just not good it wasn't a good time to be there so that's when we start seeing some gangs form to do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this
4: for a sense of unity
0: yeah yeah absolutely so yeah you're right Tanisha. it was a lot like unity a family, a sense of family, um, having someone to have your back was like a security blanket, you know? Yeah. So, um, gangs would form at a time like this. Bruna
5: Maybe, like, someone, like, how do I really like they, needed, like, to, like they needed, like, people to, like, they needed to, like, be around, like, people that, like, oh, my God, hold up. Understood. Because I got a
1: stuttering problem, huh? <laughs> What'd you say, Tanesia? Maybe be around people that understood them.
6: Yeah, like for yeah. comfort. Like yeah. they have someone to like rely on, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely what it was.
0: So maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone like they had a job, like maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at. Uh it would open a lot of doors for you, a lot of opportunities, and it would give you a little bit of hope so this ties into there was also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence with like within the gangs um there was a lot of uh, street fights a lot of people getting hurt even to be initiated into these gangs you'd have to get jumped do you know why you would get jumped in your initiation to a gang you want to guess is it just like show your loyalty close it was to show that you can handle it
7: oh
0: is yeah is what it was they wanted to know that you can get back up that you can like a little bit of a scuff a bruise a cut that it wouldn't slow you down you know yeah oh so a lot of people needed an outlet a non like violent outlet to express what they were going through, to express what was going on in those neighborhoods, and this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers. Um, have either of you heard of the message?
8: No. Nope.
0: So the message, one of the first hits in socially conscious rap, was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Fives, "The Message." And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip hop, they... Wrote what they knew about, which was the poverty and the violence going on in these neighborhoods,
1: right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, so we you started the timeline in the 70s, so is this still the 70s or is this now like the early 80s when, like, culture... this is the early 80s. Okay,
3: yeah,
0: this, this song was released in 1982 and it's it's great because this ties into the birth of hip-hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem. People outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know? Like, something could happen in another country, and just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what this song kind of kick-started um, the widespread uh, hip hop scene you know Yeah. so now we're going to be that's how gangs in poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip hop so now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers Taneja why don't you tell us about some people that you know okay. um,
1: that remind you of hip hop So to me, when I hear, like, the word hip-hop, the creators, not even the creators, but some of, like, the major people that still influence people today would, you know, include Biggie Smalls, Tupac, and you can see, like, Mm -hmm. their, like, rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, That's a good question, Noka if you
0: don't know it's completely fine that's why we're doing this i don't know but no it's good that you don't know because by the end of this you will take something away you know you will learn something new that's so it's completely, completely fine f- <laughs> thank you so um Tanesia mentioned a couple people biggie smalls um tupac. who were the other people tupac, earlier tupac said and yeah yeah yeah. and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today so now we're going to be talking about the three main pioneers that i feel were like the the actual pioneers i don't know how to say it so um Hip hop is believed to date back to August specifically August 11th 1973 where DJ Kool and his friend hosted a back to school party or in other sources like I said um other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx so his uh the the breaks or they're also called breaks they're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. never. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. You're learning something new. <laughs> um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during like isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild so he invented this technique and it's kind of what we recognize it's still in a lot of hip-hop modern hip-hop songs and it's definitely a, a very good technique so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he invented the queuing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it you know
1: yeah, yeah. so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything before.
0: Mm-hmm. okay Mm-hmm, through a headset and he was he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: it, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah yeah so that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea
0: well he was he was already very known but nobody wanted to listen to his idea yeah yeah and he was like you know what i don't need any of you i'll do this myself um and the last person which i want to talk about in this episode is um grand wizard theodore which by the way that's a that's a great name you know right (laughs) Um, he was very young when he invented this system. And it was actually his older brother that was um, helping another DJ. So they had a, like a, not a studio, but like a little setup in their apartment. And every time their, uh, the brother would go out, it, he would tell his younger brother, like, don't touch my stuff. You know, you might break something. And in secret, Theodore would actually, you know do and be really good at it you know okay until one day he was very loud this is exactly how it started by the way one day he was really loud and his mother told him to you know keep it down he said yeah yeah yeah, sure he continued because he was you know when you're feeling it you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being yeah Mm -hmm. so he went again and he started to get a little louder his mother barged in and yelled at him, and he got so scared that his hand went on the record, and it made a scratching sound. And he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had, you know, like, oh, if uh, he mixed something really well. Mm -hmm. And then he realized the scratching sound, and he liked it. So, um, at another party in the Bronx later, he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know? Yeah. I
9: feel like it's good, because then everyone could be
0: included. So... The next point, and the birth of hip-hop, are some of the influences, so a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures, and how that influenced hip-hop, so... Of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community. And those are both very rich cultures independently. So the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques. And then the Black community also had their own style and techniques so they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and latino but in the bronx those were the two predominant um cultures so that's why i will be solely referencing the black and latino um communities um so yeah so in an article that i read which is from oxford dot com, police center um they had an article and it was about hip-hop so they mentioned other diaspora some different techniques to make a whole new genre so this was an inclusive genre this didn't single out anyone everyone was included everyone had their own spin on it, and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear,
1: you know? Yeah. So, at this time, um, what year are you in? This
0: time, it's very early on, so I'm assuming mid to late, mostly late 70s, early 80s, I want to say. Okay.
10: So, we didn't move the cycle
8: Really?
0: Mm-hmm. No, this is all the birth of hip-hop, so we're going to stay in
1: relatively oh. the beginning. Oh,
8: okay. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other, like, MCs or any other, like, artists who came out, like, after, like, kind of in this era, too, had been influenced by the three that you've named so far?
0: Well, I the reason
1: I mentioned Grand
0: Wizard Theodore Was because he was so young and he was like, his brother and him were like, they held Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc at like, they were their heroes, you know, they held them at such a high esteem. And to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why I included him in the pioneers list, because he did contribute to it in a big way. I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And so a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was like opening eyes, opening doors, like including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion, okay? We, we already discussed the points of hip hop. And I feel like the message, I want to, like, leave off with a message. I think I mentioned it before, but I just love learning. Like, all of us will take away something from this podcast, even if, like, Bruna, you may not have known a lot about hip hop. Tunisia, you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic um I feel like we went over that in this podcast it's very inclusive no one's left out everyone is welcome and I love that definitely yep I agree So can you guys tell me, like, um, one thing you learned from this podcast?
1: Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash, because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name and the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics, so I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyrights. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, Love? Um, Can I say so... what I thought was the
8: most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the buildings. Yeah, for the that money. was.
0: Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away. But for you' can just well you, but, but you were you made you brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes, like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. right? Yeah. So, I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast and I we had very good like discussions. Um I know I know like um it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank you for having us.
13: We enjoyed yeah, talking.
0: You. Yeah, um hopefully we can do this again, you know, when we are fully prepped. Definitely. We yeah. definitely prepare better next time. But, you know. Well. Cheers, ladies. Bye.
11: Bye.
4: Bye.
0: <laughs> Hello. My name is Noka, and in today's episode, we will be talking about the birth of hip-hop. So, some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are Related to the birth of um, hip-hop, we'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So I have two guests today. Would you ladies
1: like to introduce yourselves? Okay, I'm Tanasia, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: (laughs) My name is Bruna, and
3: I will also be speaking on topics
2: and asking (laughs) questions
0: okay good so now that we're all introduced let's go ahead and start today's episode um so we're gonna be going back to the mid to late 1970s and the economic paralysis that was affecting New York City but specifically the the Bronx and the black and Latino uh neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected do you guys know about that
1: no not much okay well Tunisia, what do you think you know well as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses like you mentioned briefly but you can elaborate on that
0: yeah so The first let's focus on the upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um, apartment buildings and that was all they had they couldn't leave even if they wanted to which most of them obviously you would want to leave that situation if you were in it but if you don't have the money to do so you have to stay so what would happen uh, was the landlords would burn the buildings down, sometimes even with people in them. and Oh, wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh, pardon my language. <laughs> that was super, super messed up. Yeah, super messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, oh, here you're the only place you know and probably grew up in it's gone now you're homeless and here's some money it was not like that you were on your own you were out on the streets um the landlords didn't care they would just take the money in the house um and that's when we see- becomes a very uh, sad place it was just not good it wasn't a good time to be there so that's when we start seeing some gangs form. To do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this
4: for a sense of unity?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right, Tanesia. It was a lot like unity, a family, a sense of family. Um, having someone to have your back was like a security blanket, you know? Yes, yeah. yeah. so. Um, games would form at a time like this, Arna.
5: maybe like someone like how do I really like they needed like people to like they need to like be around like people that like
1: oh my god, hold up. understood them because I got a stuttering problem, huh? <laughs> What'd you say, Tanesia? Maybe be around people that understood them, yeah, like for yeah. comfort,
6: like yeah, they have someone to like rely on, kind of
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: absolutely that's absolutely what it was so maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone like they had a job like maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at uh would open a lot of doors for you a lot of opportunities and it would give you a little bit of hope so this ties into there was a, also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence with like within the gangs. Um, there was a lot of uh, street fights, a lot of people getting hurt. Even to be initiated into these gangs, you'd have to get jumped. Do you know why you would get jumped in your initiation why? to a gang? you want to guess? Is it just like show your loyalty? close it was to show that you can handle it oh is yeah is what it was they wanted to know that you can get back up that you can like a little bit of a scuff a bruise a cut that it wouldn't slow you down you know yeah oh so a lot of people needed an outlet a non like violent outlet to express what they were going through, to express what was going on in those neighborhoods. And this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers. Um, Have either of you heard of The Message? No. nope. So The Message, one of the first hits in socially conscious rap was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five's The Message. And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip hop, they wrote what they knew about which was the poverty and the violence going on in these neighborhoods right
1: yeah mm-hmm. i have a question go ahead okay so we you started the timeline in the 70s so is this still the 70s or is this now like the early 80s when like cult- this is the early 80s okay
3: yeah this,
0: this song was released in 1982 and it's it's great because this ties into the birth of hip hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem. People outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know? Like something could happen in another country and just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what this song kind of kick started. Um, The widespread uh, hip-hop scene, you know? Yeah. So now we're going to be, that's how Gangs in Poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip-hop. So now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers. Tanisha, why don't you tell us about some people
1: that you know um, that remind you of hip-hop? So to me, when I hear, like, the word hip-hop, the creators, not even the creators, but some of, like, the major people that still influence people today would, you know, include Biggie Smalls, Tupac. And you can see, like, Mm -hmm. their, like, rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, That's a good question, Noka if you don't know it's completely fine that's why we're doing this I don't know but no it's good that you don't know because by the end of this you will take something away you know you will learn something new that's so
3: it's completely fine
0: <laughs> thank you so um, Tanasia mentioned a couple people Biggie Smalls um, Tupac, who were the other people Tupac, Tupac said that. and yeah yeah yeah. and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today so now we're going to be talking about the three main pioneers that i feel were like the the actual pioneers i don't know how to say it so um Hip hop is believed to date back to August, specifically August eleventh, nineteen seventy three, where DJ Kool Herc and his friend hosted a back to school party, or in other sources, like I said, um, other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx. So his, uh, the the breaks, or they're also called breaks they're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. never. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. You're learning something new. <laughs> um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during, like, isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild. So he invented this technique, and it's kind of what we recognize. It's
14: still in a lot of
0: hip-hop, modern hip-hop songs, and it's definitely a, a very good technique. so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he nice. invented the queuing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it you yeah?
1: know yeah so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything
0: before mm-hmm. okay Mm-hmm, through a headset and he was he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: it, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah, yeah. So that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea.
0: Well, he was he was already very known, but nobody wanted to listen to his idea. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know what? I don't need any of you. I'll do this myself. Um. And the last person which I want to talk about in this episode is um, Grand Wizard Theodore. Which, by the way, that's a that's a great name. You know, right. <laughs> Um, he was very young when he invented this system. And it was actually his older brother that was um, helping another DJ. So they had, a, like, a, not a studio, but, like, a little setup in their apartment. And every time their, uh, the brother would go out, it, he would tell his younger brother, like, don't touch my stuff. You know, you might break something. And in secret, Theodore would actually, you know... And be really good at it, you know. Okay. Until one day he was very loud. This is exactly how it started, by the way. One day he was really loud and his mother told him to, you know, keep it down. He said, yeah, 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 sure. He continued because he was, you know, when you're feeling it, you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he went again and he started to get a little louder. His mother barged in and yelled at him and he got so scared that his hand went on the record and it made a scratching sound and he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had you know like oh if uh he mixed something really well Mm -hmm. and then he realized the scratching sound and he liked it so um at another party in the Bronx later he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know?
9: Yeah. I feel like it's good, because then everyone could be included.
0: So, The next point, and the birth of of hip-hop, are some of the influences, so a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures, and how that influenced hip-hop, so... Of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community, and those are both very rich cultures, independently. So, the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques, and then the Black community also had their own style and techniques so they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and latino but in the bronx those were the two predominant um cultures so that's why i will be solely referencing the black and latino um communities um so dun, 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 dun. yeah so in an article that i read which is from oxford a-S-S-C dot Police Center. Um, they had an article and it was about hip hop. So they mentioned other diasporas some different techniques to make a whole new genre. So this was an inclusive genre. This didn't single out anyone. Everyone was included. Everyone had their own spin on it and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear you know
1: yeah so at this time um, what year are you in
0: this time it's very early on so i'm assuming mid to late mostly late 70s early 80s i want to say okay,
10: so we didn't move the time really really
0: mm-hmm. No, this is all the birth of hip hop, so we're gonna stay in relatively oh. the beginning. Oh,
10: okay. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other like MCs or any other like artists who came out like after like kind of in this era too, had been influenced by the three that you've named so far? Well,
0: I the reason I mentioned Grand Wizard Theodore was because he was so young, and he was, like, his brother and him were, like, they held Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc at, like, they were their heroes, you know? They held them at such a high esteem, and to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why I included him in the Pioneers list, because he did contribute to it in a big way. I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And... So a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was like opening eyes, opening doors, like including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion, okay? We, we already discussed the points of hip hop. And I feel like the message, I want to, like, leave off with a message. I think I mentioned it before, but I just love learning. Like, all of us will take away something from this podcast, even if, like, Bruna, you may not have known a lot about hip hop. Tunisia, you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle, but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic. Um, I feel like we went over that in this podcast. It's very inclusive. No one's left out. Everyone is welcome. And I love that. Definitely. Yep, I agree. So can you guys tell me, like, um, one thing you learned from this podcast?
1: Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash. Because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name, the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics, so I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyright. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, love? Um, Can I say so, what I thought was
8: the most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the buildings. Yeah, for that the money.
0: was. Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away.
8: But for you can just.
0: You, but, but you were. You made. You brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes, like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. Right. Yeah. So. I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast and I we had very good like discussions. Um I know I know like um it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank you for having us.
13: We enjoyed yes, talking.
0: Yeah, um hopefully we can do this again, you know, when we are fully prepped. Definitely, we yeah. definitely prepare better next time. But, you know.
15: Well.
0: Cheers, ladies. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hello. My name is Noka, and in today's episode, we will be talking about the birth of hip-hop. So, some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are Related to the birth of um, hip-hop, we'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So, I have two guests today. Would you ladies like to introduce yourselves?
1: Okay, I'm Taneja, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: (laughs) My name is Bruna, and I will also be speaking on topics and asking (laughs) questions. okay good so now that
0: we're all introduced let's go ahead and start today's episode um so we're gonna be going back to the mid to late 1970s and the economic paralysis that was affecting new york city but specifically the the bronx and the black and latino uh Neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected. Do you guys know about that?
1: No, not much. Okay, well, Tunisia, what do you think you know? Well, as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses, like you mentioned briefly, but you can elaborate on that. Yeah, so. The first let's
0: focus on the upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um, apartment buildings and that was all they had they couldn't leave even if they wanted to which most of them obviously you would want to leave that situation if you were in it but if you don't have the money to do so you have to stay so what would happen uh, was the landlords would burn the buildings down, sometimes even with people in them. And oh wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh pardon my language. <laughs> that was super, super messed up. Yeah, super messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, oh, here you're the only place you know and probably grew up in it's gone now, you're homeless, and here's some money. It was not like that. N- you were on your own, you were out on the streets um the landlords didn't care. they would just take the money in the house um and that's when we see- becomes a very uh, sad place. It was just not good. It wasn't a good time to be there so. That's when we start seeing some gangs form. To Do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this?
4: For a sense of unity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right, Taneja. It was a lot like unity, a family, a sense of family. Um, Having someone to have your back was like a security blanket, you know? Yeah. So um, Games would form at a time like this. Brenna.
5: Maybe like someone like, how do I really like? They needed like people to like, they need like, to, like, to like be around like people that like, oh my god, hold up. Understood, understood them. Because I got a stuttering problem,
1: huh? <laughs> What'd you say, Tanisha? Maybe be around people that understood them.
6: Yeah, like for yeah. comfort. Like, yeah. they have someone to like rely on kind
0: of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely what it was. So maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone, like, they had a job, like, maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at. Uh, It would open a lot of doors for you, a lot of opportunities. And it would give you a little bit of hope. So this ties into there was a, also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence with like within the gangs um there was a lot of uh, street fights a lot of people getting hurt even to be initiated into these gangs you'd have to get jumped do you know why you would get jumped in your initiation why? to a gang you want to guess is it just like show your loyalty close it was to show that you can handle it
7: oh
0: is yeah is what it was they wanted to know that you can get back up that you can like a little bit of a scuff a bruise a cut that it wouldn't slow you down you know yeah oh so a lot of people needed an outlet a non like violent outlet to express what they were going through, to express what was going on in those neighborhoods, and this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers. Um, have either of you heard of the message? No. Nope. So the message, one of the first hits in socially conscious rap, was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Fives, "The Message." And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip hop, they... Wrote what they knew about, which was the poverty and the violence going on in these
1: neighborhoods, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, so we you started the timeline in the 70s, so is this still the 70s or is this now like the early 80s when, like, this is the early 80s. Okay, yeah, this... this song was released in
0: 1982 and it's It's great because this ties into the birth of hip-hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem. People outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know? Like, something could happen in another country and just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what this song kind of kick-started Um, the widespread, uh, hip hop scene, you know. Yeah. So now we're going to be. That's how gangs and poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip hop. So now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers. Tanisha, why don't you tell us about some people that you know, um, that remind
1: you of hip hop. So, to me, when I hear, like, the word hip-hop, the creators, not even the creators, but some of, like, the major people that still influence people today would, you know, include Biggie Smalls, Tupac, and you can see, like, Mm -hmm. their, like, rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, That's a good question, Noka. If you don't know, it's completely fine. That's why we're doing this. I don't know, but no, it's good that you don't know because by the end of this, you will take something away. You know, you will learn something new. That's so completely
3: fine.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Tanesia mentioned a couple people: Biggie Smalls. Um, T- who T- were T- the other people? Tupac. Tupac and. yeah yeah yeah. and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today so now we're going to be talking about the three main pioneers that I feel were like the the actual pioneers I don't know how to say it so um Hip hop is believed to date back to August specifically August 11th, 1973, where DJ Kool and his friend hosted a back to school party or in other sources like I said, um other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx. So his uh the the breaks or they're also called breaks they're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. You're learning something new. Um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during like isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild. So he invented this technique and it's kind of what we recognize. It's still in a lot of hip hop, modern hip hop songs, and it's definitely a, a very good technique. so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he yes. invented the queuing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it You
1: yeah. know? yeah so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything before mm-hmm. okay Mm -hmm, through a headset and he was
0: he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: It, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah yeah so that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea
0: well he was he was already very known but nobody wanted to listen to his idea yeah yeah and he was like you know what i don't need any of you i'll do this myself um and the last person which i want to talk about in this episode is um grand wizard theodore which by the way that's a that's a great name you know right (laughs) Um, he was very young when he invented this system and it was actually his older brother that was um, helping another DJ. So they had a, like a, not a studio, but like a little setup in their apartment. And every time their, uh, the brother would go out, it, he would tell his younger brother, like, don't touch my stuff, you know, you might break something. And in secret, Theodore would actually, you know do and be really good at it you know okay until one day he was very loud this is exactly how it started by the way one day he was really loud and his mother told him to you know keep it down he said yeah yeah yeah, sure he continued because he was you know when you're feeling it you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being yeah Mm -hmm. so he went again and he started to get a little louder his mother barged in and yelled at him and he got so scared that his hand went on the record and it made a scratching sound and he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had you know like oh if uh he mixed something really well Mm -hmm. and then he realized the scratching sound and he liked it so um at another party in the Bronx later he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's good, because then everyone could be included. So the next point and the birth of of hip-hop are some of the influences so a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures and how that influenced hip-hop so of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community, and those are both very rich cultures independently. So the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques, and then the Black community also had their own style and techniques so they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and latino but in the bronx those were the two predominant um cultures so that's why i will be solely referencing the black and latino um communities um so yeah so in an article that i read which is from oxford a s s police center um they had an article and it was about hip-hop so they mentioned other diaspora some different techniques to make a whole new genre so this was an inclusive genre this didn't single out anyone everyone was included everyone had their own spin on it, and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear, you know?
1: Yeah. So, at this time, Um, what year are you in?
0: This time, it's very early on, so I'm assuming mid to late. Mostly late, 70s, early 80s, I want to say. So,
10: we didn't move the title?
1: Really?
0: Really? Mm. No, this is all the birth of hip-hop, so we're going to stay in relatively
1: oh. the beginning. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other, like, MCs or any other, like, artists who came out, like, after, like, kind of in this era, too, had have been influenced by the three that you've named so far?
0: Well, I the reason I mentioned Grand Wizard Theodore... Was because he was so young and he was like, his brother and him were like, they held Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc at like, they were their heroes, you know, they held them at such a high esteem. And to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why I included him in the pioneers list, because he did contribute to it in a big way. I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And... So, a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was, like, opening eyes, opening doors, like, including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So, this is the conclusion, okay? We, we already discussed the points of hip-hop. And I feel like the message, I want to, like, leave off with a message. I think I mentioned it before, but I just love learning. Like, all of us will take away something from this podcast, even if, like, Bruna, you may not have known a lot about hip hop. Taneja you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic um I feel like we went over that in this podcast it's very inclusive no one's left out everyone is welcome and I love that
8: definitely yep
0: I agree So can you guys tell me, like, um, one thing you learned from this podcast?
1: Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash. Because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name, the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics. So I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyright. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, Love? Um, Can I say so, what I thought was
8: the most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the, the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the buildings. Yeah, for that the money.
0: was. Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away. But for you pop, can just. You, but, but you were you made you brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes, like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. Right. Yeah. So. I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast and I we had very good like discussions. Um I know I know like um it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank you for having us.
13: We enjoyed yes, talking. You.
0: Yeah, um hopefully we can do this again, you know, when we are fully prepped, definitely. We should yeah, definitely prepare better next time, but you know, well, cheers, ladies. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hello, my name is Noka, and in today's episode, we will be talking about the birth of hip hop. So, some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are. Related to the birth of um, hip-hop, we'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So I have two guests today. Would you ladies like to introduce
1: yourselves? Okay, I'm Taneja, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: My name is Bruna, and I will also be speaking on topics and asking (laughs) questions okay
0: good so now that we're all introduced let's go ahead and start today's episode um so we're gonna be going back to the mid to late 1970s and the economic paralysis that was affecting New York City but specifically the the Bronx and the black and Latino uh Neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected. Do you guys know about that?
1: No, not much. Okay, well, Tunisia, what do you think you know? Well, as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses, like you mentioned briefly, but you can elaborate on that. Yeah, so
0: the first let's focus on the upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um apartment buildings and that was all they had. they couldn't leave even if they wanted to, which most of them obviously you would want to leave that situation if you were in it, but if you don't have the money to do so it you have to stay so what would happen uh was the landlords would burn the buildings down, sometimes even with people in them. And oh wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh pardon my language. <laughs> that was super, super messed up. Yeah, super messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, oh, here you're The only place you know and probably grew up in it's gone now you're homeless and here's some money it was not like that you were on your own you were out on the streets um the landlords didn't care they would just take the money in your house um and that's when we becomes a very uh, sad place it was just not good it wasn't a good time to be there so that's when we start seeing some gangs form. To Do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this?
4: For a sense of unity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Tanesia. It was a lot like unity, a family, a sense of family. Um, having someone to have your back was like a security blanket, you know? Yeah. So... Um, games with form at a time like this Brenna
5: maybe like someone like how do I really like they needed like people to like they need to like be around like people that like oh my god
15: Hold up. understood
1: them because I got a stuttering problem huh <laughs> what'd you say Tanisha? maybe be around people that understood them yeah like for yeah. comfort
6: like yeah, they have someone to like rely on kind of
1: yeah 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 absolutely that's
0: absolutely what it was so maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone like they had a job like maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at uh would open a lot of doors for you a lot of opportunities and it would give you a little bit of hope so this ties into there was a, also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence with like within the gangs um, there was a lot of uh, street fights, a lot of people getting hurt. even to be initiated into these gangs, you'd have to get jumped. Do you know why you would get jumped in your initiation why? to a gang? you want to guess? Is it just like show your loyalty? close it was to show that you can handle it
7: oh
0: is yeah is what it was they wanted to know that you can get back up that you can like a little bit of a scuff a bruise a cut that it wouldn't slow you down you know yeah oh so a lot of people needed an outlet a non like violent outlet to express what they were going through, to express what was going on in those neighborhoods. And this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers. Um, have either of you heard of The Message? No. Nope. So The Message, the... one of the first hits in socially conscious rap was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Fives, The Message. And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip hop, they wrote what they knew about which was the poverty and the violence going on in these neighborhoods right
13: yeah
1: mm-hmm. I have a question go ahead okay so we, you started the timeline in the 70s so is this still the 70s or is this now like the early 80s when like culture... this is the early 80s okay
0: yeah this, this song was released in 1982 and it's it's great because this ties into the birth of hip hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem that people outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know, like something could happen in another country. And just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what this song kind of kick started. Um, the widespread uh, hip hop scene, you know? Yeah. So now we're going to be, that's how Gains in Poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip hop. So now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers. Taneja why don't you tell us about some people that you know
1: okay. um, that remind you of hip hop? So to me, when I hear like the word hip hop, the creators—not even the creators, but some of like the major people that have still influence people today—would you know include Biggie Smalls, Tupac, and you can see like mm-hmm. their like rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day. Oh yeah, for sure. Um,
8: that's a good question, Noka.
9: If you
0: don't know, it's completely fine. That's why we're doing this. I don't know. But no, it's good that you don't know because by the end of this, you will take something away. You know, you will learn something new. That's so it's
3: completely, completely
0: fine. F- <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Tanesia mentioned a couple people, Biggie Smalls, who were the other people? Tupac. Tupac and... yeah yeah yeah. and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today so now we're going to be talking about the three main pioneers that i feel were like the the actual pioneers i don't know how to say it so um Hip-hop is believed to date back to August, specifically August 11th, 1973, where DJ Kool Herc and his friend hosted a back-to-school party, or in other sources, like I said, um, other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx. So, his, uh, the, the breaks, or they're also called breaks. They're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. never. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. You're learning something new. <laughs> um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during, like, isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild. So he invented this technique, and it's kind of what we recognize. It's still in a lot of hip-hop, modern hip-hop songs, and it's definitely a, a very good technique. so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he invented the queuing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it you yeah.
1: know yeah so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything before
0: mm-hmm. okay Mm-hmm, through a headset and he was he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: it, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah yeah so that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea
0: well he was he was already very known but nobody wanted to listen to his idea yeah yeah and he was like you know what i don't need any of you i'll do this myself um and the last person which i want to talk about in this episode is um grand wizard theodore which by the way that's a that's a great name you know right (laughs) Um, he was very young when he invented this system, and it was actually his older brother that was um, helping another DJ. So they had a like a not a studio, but like a little setup in their apartment. And every time their uh, the brother would go out, it, he would tell his younger brother like, "Don't touch my stuff, you know, you might break something." And in secret, Theodore would actually, you know. And be really good at it, you know. Okay. Until one day he was very loud. This is exactly how it started, by the way. One day he was really loud and his mother told him to, you know, keep it down. He said, yeah, 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 sure. He continued because he was, you know, when you're feeling it, you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he went again and he started to get a little louder. His mother barged in and yelled at him and he got so scared that his hand went on the record and it made a scratching sound and he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had you know like oh if uh he mixed something really well Mm -hmm. and then he realized the scratching sound and he liked it so um at another party in the Bronx later he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know?
9: Yeah. I feel like it's good, because then everyone could be included.
0: So, the next point and the birth of hip hop are some of the influences. So, a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures and how that influenced hip hop. So, so Of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community. And those are both very rich cultures independently. So the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques. And then the Black community also had their own style and techniques. So they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and Latino, but in the Bronx, those were the two predominant um, cultures. So that's why I will be solely referencing the black and Latino um, communities. Um, so, yeah, so in an article that I read, which is from Oxford, Assc.com police center um they had an article and it was about hip-hop so they mentioned other diaspora some different techniques to make a whole new genre so this was an inclusive genre this didn't single out anyone everyone was included everyone had their own spin on it and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear you know
1: yeah so at this time Um, what year are you in
0: this time it's very early on so i'm assuming mid to late mostly late 70s early 80s i want to say
10: so we didn't move the time really
0: No, this is all the birth of hip-hop, so we're going to stay in relatively uh, the beginning. Oh,
10: okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other, like, MCs or any other, like, artists who came out, like, after, like, kind of in this era, too, had been influenced by the three that you've named so far? Well, I the reason
0: I mentioned Grand Wizard Theodore... Was because he was so young and he was, like, his brother and him were, like, they held Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc at, like, they were their heroes, you You know? know? They held them at such a high esteem and to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why I included him in the pioneers list because he did contribute to it in a big way. I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And... So a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was, like, opening eyes, opening doors, like, including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion, okay? We, we already discussed the points of hip-hop. And I feel like the message, I want to, like, leave off with a message. I think I mentioned it before, but I just love learning. Like, all of us will take away something from this podcast, even if, like, Bruna, you may not have known a lot about hip hop. Tunisia, you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic um, I feel like we went over that in this podcast it's very inclusive no one's left out everyone is welcome and I love that definitely yep I agree so can you guys
1: tell me, like, um, one thing you learned from this podcast? Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you met- mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash. Because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name, the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics, so I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyright. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, Love? Um, Can I say so... what I thought was
8: the most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the buildings. Yeah, for that the
0: money. was. Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away.
3: But for you pop, can just you, but,
0: but you were you made you brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. right? Yeah. So, I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast and I we had very good like discussions. Um I know I know like um it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank you for having us.
13: We enjoyed yeah, talking.
0: You. Yeah, um hopefully we can do this again, you know, when we are fully prepped. Definitely, we yeah. definitely prepare better next time. But, you know.
15: Well,
0: cheers, ladies. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hello. My name is Noka. And in today's episode, we will be talking about the birth of hip-hop. So some of the things we will be talking about are gangs and poverty and how those are Related to the birth of um, hip-hop, we'll also be talking about some pioneers and their techniques and some cultural influences that shaped and molded hip-hop to what we know it today. So, I have two guests today. Would you ladies like to introduce yourselves?
1: Okay, I'm Tanasia, and I'll be speaking today on the topics.
2: My name is Bruna, and
3: I will also be speaking on topics
2: and asking (laughs) questions
0: okay good so now that we're all introduced let's go ahead and start today's episode um so we're going to be going back to the mid to late 1970s and the economic paralysis that was affecting New York City but specifically the the Bronx and the black and Latino uh neighborhoods that were starting to be neglected do you guys know about that
1: no not much okay well Tunisia, what do you think you know well as I've been briefed before about how the communities were stricken by the landlords just trying to burn down the houses like you mentioned briefly but you can elaborate on that yeah so the first let's focus on the
0: upper and middle class moving out of these neighborhoods because they had the money to do so and how the lower class was left behind in neglected um, apartment buildings and that was all they had they couldn't leave even if they wanted to, which most of them obviously you would want to leave that situation if you were in it but if you don't have the money to do so it you have to stay so. What would happen uh, was the landlords would burn the buildings down, sometimes even with people in them. And oh wow. Yeah, they would do that because they wanted the insurance money. And that's super fucked up. Oh pardon my language. <laughs> that was super, super messed up. Yeah, super messed up because only the landlords would keep the insurance money. So it wouldn't be like, oh, here you're the only place you know and probably grew up in, it's gone now, you're homeless, and here's some money. It was not like that. You were on your own. You were out on the streets. Um, the landlords didn't care. They would just take the money in your house. Um, and that's when we it becomes a very uh, sad place. It was just not good. It wasn't a good time to be there. So... That's when we start seeing some gangs form. To Do you guys know why gangs would form at a time like this?
4: For a sense of unity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right, Taneja. It was a lot like unity, a family, a sense of family. Um, Having someone to have your back was like a security blanket, you know? Yeah. So um, Games would form at a time like this.
5: Maybe like someone like, how do I really like? They needed like people to like, they need like, to, like, to
1: like be around like people that like, oh my god, well, hold up. Understood. Because I got a stuttering problem, huh? <laughs> What'd you say, Tanisha? Maybe be around people that understood them.
6: Yeah, like for yeah. comfort. Like, yeah. they have someone to like rely on, kind of.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's absolutely what it was. So maybe if you were in one of these gangs and someone, like, they had a job, like, maybe they could hook you up with the same place that they're working at. Uh, It would open a lot of doors for you, a lot of opportunities. And it would give you a little bit of hope. So this ties into... There was a, also a lot of police brutality and even a lot of gang violence. With like within the gangs, um, there was a lot of uh, street fights, a lot of people getting hurt. Even to be initiated into these gangs, you'd have to get jumped. Do you know why you would get jumped in your initiation why? to a gang? You want to guess? Is it to like show your loyalty? close it was to show that you can handle it
7: oh
0: is yeah is what it was they wanted to know that you can get back up that you can like a little bit of a scuff a bruise a cut that it wouldn't slow you down you know yeah oh so a lot of people needed an outlet a non like violent outlet to express what they were going through, to express what was going on in those neighborhoods. And this is when we start seeing a lot of the early pioneers. Um, have either of you heard of The Message? No. nope. So The Message, one of the first hits in socially conscious rap was Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Fives, The Message. And this track described the circumstances and the stresses of inner city poverty. So they, it's nothing is like writing something that you've gone through, that you know. Artists paint what they know. Poets write about what they know. And the early pioneers of hip hop, they wrote what they knew about, which was the poverty and the violence going on in these neighborhoods. Right?
1: Yeah. hmm I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, so we you started the timeline in the 70s, so is this still the 70s, or is this now, like, the early 80s when, like, cold- this is the
0: early 80s. Okay. Yeah, this, this song was released in 1982. And it's it's great because this ties into the birth of hip hop because now it's not just the people that are in these gangs that are in these neighborhoods that are hearing about the problem that people outside of these neighborhoods and these circumstances are hearing this song and realizing that it's a problem, you know, like something could happen in another country. And just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Yeah. So that's what this song kind of kick started. Um, the widespread uh, hip-hop scene, you know?
12: Yeah.
0: So, now we're going to be, that's how gains in Poverty tied into and was one of the catalysts for the birth of hip-hop. So, now we're going to be talking about some of the early pioneers. Tanisha, why don't
1: you tell us about some people that you know um, that remind you of hip-hop? So to me, when I hear, like, the word hip-hop, the creators, not even the creators, but some of, like, the major people that still influence people today would, you know, include Biggie Smalls, Tupac, and you can see, like, Mm -hmm. their, like, rhymes and what they rapped about influencing other rappers still to this day.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, That's a good question, Noka. If you don't know, it's completely fine. That's why we're doing this. I don't know. But no, it's good that you don't know because by the end of this, you will take something away. You know, you will learn something new. That's so completely fine. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Taneja mentioned a couple people, Biggie Smalls, um, Tupac. who were the other people? Of- Tupac. Earlier Tupac she said that. and... yeah yeah yeah. and she said that these people wrote songs that are still influencing a lot of people that are still in that industry today so now we're going to be talking about the three main pioneers that I feel were like the the actual pioneers I don't know how to say it so um Hip hop is believed to date back to August specifically August 11th 1973 where DJ Kool and his friend hosted a back to school party or in other sources like I said um other sources say it was a birthday party for his little sister in the Bronx so his uh the the breaks or they're also called breaks they're called a lot of different things. So some sources say they're called breaks. Others say there's like uh, spins. Um, there's also the merry-go-round. Have you guys heard of any of those names or? I've never. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. You're learning something new. Um, and so instead of playing the songs in full, Um, Cool Herc noticed that during, like, isolating the instrumentals or breaking it um, would make the crowd go wild. So he invented this technique, and it's kind of what we recognize. It's still in a lot of hip-hop, modern hip-hop songs, and it's definitely a, a very good technique. so grandmaster flash okay so here's another pioneer um he invented the queuing system which is where you can hear what you're playing before the crowd hears it so whenever you know you want to break before a certain lyric and you you like you can hear it so you can break it before the crowd hears it you know
1: yeah so it'll be delayed for like the crowd but you'll hear everything before
0: mm-hmm. okay Mm-hmm, through a headset and he was he was talking to a lot of people like hey why don't we like embed this and they were like no you're crazy that's not possible you can't do that and he went ahead and he did it himself so I thought that was like a really cool thing I don't know how you guys feel about that but I thought that was very interesting
1: it, it is interesting because it's still a technique that's used today and like before nobody wanted to listen to him right yeah yeah so that's what makes it really cool that he was able to execute his idea
0: well he was he was already very known but nobody wanted to listen to his idea yeah yeah and he was like you know what i don't need any of you i'll do this myself um and the last person which i want to talk about in this episode is um grand wizard theodore which by the way that's a that's a great name you know right (laughs) Um, he was very young when he invented this system. And it was actually his older brother that was um, helping another DJ. So they had a like a, not a studio, but like a little setup in their apartment. And every time their uh, the brother would go out, it, he would tell his younger brother, like, don't touch my stuff. You know, you might break something. And in secret, Theodore would actually, you know do and be really good at it you know okay until one day he was very loud this is exactly how it started by the way one day he was really loud and his mother told him to you know keep it down he said yeah yeah yeah, sure he continued because he was you know when you're feeling it you kind of get distracted and you don't realize how loud you're being yeah Mm -hmm. so he went again and he started to get a little louder his mother charged in and yelled at him and he got so scared that his hand went on the record and it made a scratching sound and he didn't realize what he had done until he played it back to see what he had you know like oh if uh he mixed something really well Mm -hmm. and then he realized the scratching sound and he liked it so um at another party in the Bronx later he actually got up, and a lot of people were laughing at him, because he was young, you know? And Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash were also there, and that's when he started, like, making these noises, and they didn't even know what it was, but they loved it. And it's just, it goes to show that no matter how old or young or where you come from, you can always contribute something, you know?
9: Yeah. I feel like it's good, because then everyone could be included.
0: So... The next point, and the birth of of hip-hop, are some of the influences, so a mix of um, vocal techniques from different cultures, and how that influenced hip-hop, so... of course, we know that this is coming from the Bronx, and it was a predominantly Black and Latino community, and those are both very rich cultures, independently. So, the Latin community had its own, you know, style and, like, um, techniques, and then the Black community also had their own style and techniques. So they both kind of came together and it wasn't just black and Latino, but in the Bronx, those were the two predominant um, cultures. So that's why I will be solely referencing the black and Latino um, communities. Um, so yeah, so in an article that I read, which is from Oxford, Assc.com police center um they had an article and it was about hip-hop so they mentioned other diaspora some different techniques to make a whole new genre so this was an inclusive genre this didn't single out anyone everyone was included everyone had their own spin on it and that's what made it interesting for everyone to hear you know
1: yeah so at this time um, what year are you in
0: this time it's very early on so i'm assuming mid to late mostly late 70s early 80s i want to say okay.
10: so we didn't move the time really
0: mm- no, this is all the birth of hip hop, so we're gonna stay in relatively oh. the beginning. Oh,
1: okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have another question. Go ahead. Do you know any other like MCs or any other like artists who came out like after like kind of in this era too, had been influenced by the three that you've named so far?
0: Well, I the reason I mentioned Grand Wizard Theodore was because he was so young and he was like his brother and him were like they held Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc at like they were their heroes you know they held them at such a high esteem and to rise up and contribute something to the genre that you look up to is kind of why I included him in the pioneers list because he did contribute to it in a big way I don't know if that answered your question. It does. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you asked it. So, um, like I mentioned before, the reason that it also hit home for a lot of people and a lot of people like this genre was it was very inclusive and it was kind of like a form of storytelling, like in the message. Um, Grandmaster Flash, he's telling people what's going on in these neighborhoods. And so a lot of these songs would also have that storytelling aspect of, yeah, this is my, like, this is what I lived through, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people loved hearing, well, not loved hearing, but it was, like, opening eyes, opening doors, like, including a lot of more people. So, yeah. So this is the conclusion, okay? We, we already discussed the points of hip-hop and i feel like the message i want to like leave off with a message i think i mentioned it before but i just love learning like all of us will take away something from this podcast even if like bruna you may not have known a lot about hip-hop Taneja you know more than I do probably and I'm somewhere in the middle but we will all take something away from this podcast and the fact that it's such uh, an inclusive topic um, I feel like we went over that in this podcast it's very inclusive no one's left out everyone is welcome and I love that
8: definitely yep I agree
0: so can you guys tell me, like, um, one thing you learned from this podcast?
1: Okay, so a major point that I took away was when you met- mentioned The Message by Grandmaster Flash, because as a Black person in the Black community, I've always, like, heard the name, the title, but I've never, like, delved deep into it. I've never really even paid attention to the lyrics, so I'll probably go back, read through them, and see what was actually going on during that time.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. I didn't want to play it because you know copyright. Yeah. Um, Bruno, what did you take away from it, Love? Um, Can I say so, what I thought was
8: the most interesting? Yeah. Okay, when you were talking about um, the when they would like the the landlords would burn the buildings or whatever. They would burn the buildings. Yeah, for the that
0: money. was. Yeah, that was very interesting. It was a very big problem. So I can see why you take that away. But for you pop, can just. You, but, but you were you made you brought up a good point. It's like you almost can't put yourself in the landlord's shoes, like burning down complete buildings that sometimes would still have people in it. Sometimes you just can't believe that that actually happened. Right? Yeah. So. I'm glad both of you took something away from this podcast, and I we had very good like discussions. Um, I know, I know, like um, it was very weird because we've never done this before, but I'm glad we did. And yeah, you know, I had fun. Thank you for having us. We enjoyed yeah, talking. You. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, we can do this again. You know when we are fully prepped definitely we yeah definitely prepare better next time but you know well, cheers ladies
4: bye, bye.